Welcome to the Social Witnessing Podcast, observing the world from a nice, safe distance. All right, episode 26, Social Witnessing, with one of my favorite people in the world, the man known only as Jono. What's up, Jono? How's it going? Hi. My brother, long time no see. <laughs> how are you doing, buddy? I'm doing great. I was trying to figure out how long how long have we known each other? You, well, you do... oh, that's going to yeah. be a good, uh, let's say, 25 years. Yeah, more, somewhere more around there. there. Yeah. And now you are no longer in Vancouver, which is where we met and where we both grew up. Uh, why don't you tell us a little bit, kind of start off um, where you are now and what's the situation been like over the last couple of months for you? Yeah, well, I live in Brooklyn. I'm a 10-minute walk away from my sister and maybe a 20-minute walk away from my bro. So uh, I got my siblings right by, nearby. Um, and yeah, I mean, I live in an apartment building, so I am envious of all my quarantined Vancouver people because most of you have gardens and greenery. I got a big metal box <laughs> that I'm stuffed in. We're with you on that. We're in a box too. Oh, yeah. okay. We can see green. Yeah. There's <laughs> yeah. green out there. We just can't get to it. So uh, what's it been like? Uh, kind of maybe take us back to when it first started and how it <clears throat> got on the map in New York and what's it been like since then? I was probably a little late to uh, accept the seriousness of it. I was probably more in denial. I had... A wedding actually planned, which is supposed to be in less than a week, which I was determined to hold on to. Uh, we had, you know, people had already bought tickets and stuff like that. So only well into this that I realized that we had to cancel the wedding and I got to lock, lock myself down. <laughs> so, yeah, I actually was planning to. Oh, here's a crazy story. I was planning to do a short film with two actors and it was coronavirus related um and the day that we were supposed to shoot was the exact same day that governor cuomo initiated the non-essential gatherings uh and that same morning my cousin who's an actor who's going to be in this got the virus the morning of the shoot so wow. it was oh, wow. all these signs telling me that this movie is probably not supposed to happen um luckily for him he he lost his sense of taste and smell but he had no other symptoms and he, he he got back to normal after a few days oh wow that's crazy yeah it must have been scary time for him uh, maybe he's german and very stoic so if, if he was scared he, did, he didn't show it that's pretty crazy that i mean i know you can be asymptomatic and i know those are two of the symptoms but i didn't know they could be like the only symptoms yeah Though I think, I mean, if you're going to get it, he got, I guess, the best symptoms to get because it was short term and uh, he wasn't sick. Right. And so what's the situation there like now? How, how uh, isolated are you? How much quarantine? Uh, like, do you go out at all? What's it like for you? So um, I do just the grocery store and pharmacy stuff, although um, I do once a week maybe do a rollerblade around prospect park which is the second biggest park after central park 
but yeah, my, I mean, I'm pretty much inside all the time, except for those three things. Yeah. <laughs> so I've never spent this much time indoors. That's for sure. And uh, I now have a big bushy beard again, which I, uh, yeah, <laughs> I'm not seeing anyone. And what's, what's it been like for you personally, uh, just inside all removed from everyone? Because from what I know, you, you're a fairly social guy. I know you can have your, I'm you sure you can enjoy your time alone as well. But overall, you seem like a fairly social guy. Yeah, definitely. Uh, and I haven't even been Zooming all that much. Of course I have. But I guess I've been, um, you know, hanging out nonstop with my fiance, uh, who's also my roommate. And I'll see my sister and nieces and nephew for social distancing picnic kind of thing in the park once in a while. Mm. Um, but I haven't really seen anyone. I've been okay, though. I mean, I'm, I'm okay working solo and living solo. And you work full time as uh, like in film and acting and directing and all the writing that you do? Or is there another job as well? So as is the case with many filmmakers, uh, yeah, my big money maker is the stairlift industry. So I co-own a stairlift company. Uh, so we put in stairlifts for mostly elderly people all around New York. We put in like 400 a year. Oh, um, wow. Yeah. So we are uh, an essential service because, you know, people are in dire need of accessing the bathroom, which is on their second floor or the bedroom on their second floor or even their front door. So we are, yeah, we're still working. Um, I'm actually now selling a lot of, not a lot, but a handful of stairlifts just over the phone, which I usually don't do. So they'll send me photos by text or email, walk them through the process. And yeah, quite a few have gone in that way. Um, I've done two appointments, two in-home appointments in the last month. So I've taken my car out only twice. Um, and of course, I'm wearing the mask wearing the gloves, the, you know, got the disinfectant. But the two people I went and visited, they were not wearing masks. Uh, I think, you know, at a certain point, some people are just past, <laughs> past care. Yeah. If you get it, you get it. Yeah. So, yeah, but my business has uh, totally not stopped, but definitely dried up. So, we, uh, but we are still working. And, uh, yeah, so that's my... That's my moneymaker. That's my career. But my mm -hmm. film stuff keeps me. I mean, I probably I always have a film project on the go. I don't think I haven't had one in ages. So I've, I've actually used this time to do heaps of uh, writing with my writing partner. Right. And so what's that been like kind of before this? What's it like being an artist in New York? Uh, that's, I guess, the dream for a lot of artists. What's mm -hmm. it what's what's it like in reality? Yeah, so when I came here, I um, so my uncle is my business partner. The two of us co-own the company. And I told him, you know, I'm not being a businessman myself, at least that's not my background. I said, I, if I come to New York, make this huge life change, I'm going to, you know, pursuing the creative stuff is, is going to be very important. And I figured I had one friend in the city who's a filmmaker, Habanim guy, um, and he's a cinematographer. So I, I, I figured, you know, I've got one film connection. That's all I need. And uh, but that was back in 2013. And now I have a good circle of actor, cinematographer, editor, special effects people. I got a pretty nice uh, circle here now of, of other filmmakers. 
And what kind of stuff do you do with that? And what's what's kind of the goal with it? Well, I mean, you know me well enough to know that the majority of my shorts are perverted and R-rated. So that's <laughs> right. <laughs> I do know that. Um, yeah, a lot of my, most of my short films are, yeah, they're pretty dark and twisted and weird. Uh, but uh, they're shot really, really nicely. So they look, they're professionally shot with proper lighting and everything, which I think makes the gross subject matter like quite beautiful it pops um yeah so that's done quite a few shorts since i've been here and i have some other nice things in the pipeline nice nice yeah so i i, I while you were saying that uh, about being a little perverted and me knowing you that made me think of really like the first time um i don't know i, I guess the kind of so we grew up going to summer camp together and you were a couple of years older and in camp uh when some when the the group two years above you really seemed like like old people like the just the the age discrepancy seems huge <laughs> at that age point and so we didn't really know each other but i remember one night i walked into the big shared bathrooms uh-oh <laughs> and i walked i walked in there and you were the only one in there you were looking into the mirror, like with your face really close to the mirror. And I think you were like squeezing a zit or something. I doubt but you were, that doesn't you sound were, right. <laughs> you were like doing it while making this high pitched scream, like, <laughs> and I walked in and you stop kind of like deadpan turn to me and then turn back and resume your screaming. <laughs> and I remember just cracking up so hard. And ever since then, it's been a love story. <laughs> no, I um, I don't think that much has changed in terms of weird noises. I, uh, I think we're still making them. <laughs> and least. then we um, we lived together in Montreal. Those were some insane years. <laughs> yeah. Do you, uh, do you live in the past with that at all? Do you ever reflect back on those days and that big house and hours of Mario Kart till the middle of the night? <laughs> that's still, pro yes, of course. That uh, That's still probably the last like video game I actually played a lot of. Since then, apart from maybe your Angry Birds or whatever, I haven't gotten into a single game. That was the pinnacle for me. That was it. Wow. And I went a good maybe five, six years without playing it. And then I played again at somebody's house and I was just as skilled. I was, uh, I was <laughs> proud of Like it. riding a bike. Wario. Wario is my favorite. Yeah, it's been quite a trip because um, our son Parker now, who's almost seven, he got it. Mario Kart was one of his first games that he got into. Mm -hmm. So that was like a whole big trip down memory lane for me as I'm teaching him and, and just all the flashbacks coming and now he's moved on to sporting games and Sonic and so it's it's been a trip doing it kind of from I don't know if the other side but but doing it that way <laughs> starting from the beginning nice I um yeah it's still uh you say Mario I say Mario but I think I'm wrong um that's, I think you're wrong I think you're wrong <laughs> Maria, Mar Mario. Yeah, I my fiance makes fun of me when I say that. Maybe I got to switch, but uh, yeah, Mario. It's like Mario Mar and Wario, right? They're yeah. supposed to be the same. All right, so I now know I'm wrong. Um, but <laughs> that and the original game, probably my two favorite games. Well, then I can go back to Commodore sixty four days. There's some great ones then. And um, 
what's what's your family I, I knew your sister was there with you but i didn't i don't think i knew that your brother was there as well what are they up to and what's life been like for them yeah well my sister's got three kids they're all i mean she's a teacher um she mm-hmm. does sex ed so they're still teaching you know zoom classes um mm-hmm. she has no downtime every time i talk to her she's got three kids in the house too i'm sure you you two are aware of that scenario so yeah but uh, yeah she's been here well over 20 years um and she's married to a habanim guy actually josh mendelson from gesher canadian uh, okay. and uh, my brother is a uh, he was a cook for the first mm-hmm. few years when he moved here uh but now he is a high school teacher or middle school teacher at an inner city school oh, wow. so also doing the zoom zoom stuff yeah, although he, uh, I think his students don't have access to that sort of software. Or, right. So oh. that is, I think, has been kind of a nightmare on that end to actually try mm-hmm. to teach. Yeah, we spoke to another um, teacher from Toronto and he said the same thing that like the beginning was just about figuring out who has a computer, who has, you know, a family situation stable enough to have access to it. Yeah, I think we're pretty lucky here, though, because even like when we switched and we weren't sure if we could get like our a laptop for we have so many laptops in this house, but like none of them seem to work for some reason. <laughs> so we were trying to get one to work. And yeah, right away, the school was um, offering for us to go pick up an iPad. Like I was like, wow, that's pretty awesome. Like they're really making sure everyone has access. But I guess it depends on your neighborhood and um, what resources your school has. Yeah, so my sister's uh, teaches at a private school, sort of where all the Hollywood people send their kids. So that 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 school has resources, and my brother is in the totally opposite end of the spectrum. Mm-hmm. And you still have family here in Vancouver? Yeah, my dad. My dad is uh, West Twenty Third Avenue, representing. <laughs> nice, <laughs> the old hood. Yep. <laughs> What's uh, how does he feel about all the kids having gone across the the country? Well, other country. Yeah, I mean, he well, he j- he retired recently, so he comes here a lot, um, and now mm. he can stay for long visits. And uh, all of us are within walking distance, so that is super convenient for him. Uh, it's pretty mm-hmm. unusual too. So you know, getting from one part of New York to the other is a huge endeavor. Often, whether you're taking a car subway i mean that's a journey so to have three mm-hmm. three kids right in the same neighborhood is is good and we try to stagger our visits back home so we we all go at separate times so in the course of the year we see a lot of him or he sees a lot of us oh, well, that's really yeah. Nice. yeah that's awesome yeah and he's he's doing well he's he's still social he's going on mask wearing six feet apart walking trips with his friends oh that's cool yeah um are there I haven't like I haven't looked it up, but are they are they looking at easing any of the restrictions in New York, or like how are things going there now? So um, people were taking it very seriously for a while, and the few times I was driving, it was ama- it was heaven. There were no cars on the road. I actually mm-hmm. recently had a stairlift appointment uh, in Harlem. It took me twenty five minutes to get there. It, it, normally, it could take easily an hour and a half. Um, so yeah, it has been a bit of a ghost town. However, the times I go to the park on a nice day, it's I kind of feel like humanity is doomed because it's filled <laughs> filled with people. Like 
uh, not abiding by what we're supposed to be doing. So that's the same here. <laughs> oh yeah, okay. <laughs> it's the same here. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. For, yeah, yeah. Parks and beaches, anywhere people can congregate. Like, yeah, it's just not enough people care apparently, or or there's a lot of people. So we, there's a lot of people. We only see the the people who don't care. Yeah, <laughs> but. There, there's a drum circle in the park and that's, I mean, other people in the park are wearing masks for the most part, but in the drum circle, nobody wears a mask. They're all sitting on little wooden benches right next to each other. And the two times I've rollerbladed by, there's been a police car right outside with a, a speaker, you know, blasting out, stay six feet away messages. And everyone, including the cops are just ignoring it. They're parked there just out of obligation, but people in the drum circle <laughs> and the cops are just pressing play and on their phones or drumming their drums. So, yeah. Wow. And have you been keeping tabs on kind of what the situation is there actually? Like, how are you guys progressing as far as reducing transmissions and all that? Yeah, well, I mean, everyone is now having this love affair with Governor Cuomo because he seems to be, you know, straight shooter and, you know, showing some good leadership. So that that that's sort of my one reliable source I find. Then, like everyone else, you get a zillion different messages to contradict each other. So, yeah, it's still a mess. Uh, and I don't think there's any ease-up uh, regulations coming our way yet. I haven't heard. Hmm. Yeah, we only get, like, so we don't watch the news. Not that the New York, I don't think New York would be on our news as much if we did. So most of our news is, like, Instagram and reading uh, the internet. And yeah, even when I was looking recently, it it's all pretty doomsday. But I'm like, but what happened today? It just like keeps reciting what has happened. It doesn't really give you a lot of like current updates. You have to really uh, seek them out. So yeah, I was wondering, I, I'm wondering like, do you watch the news while you're there? Or, or are you the same where you're just kind of living life, not trying to pay too much attention or get overwhelmed with all the different um, like information that's out Yeah, there? I'll go days where I just, seems irrelevant whether I watch it and learn something or not um, but I watch you know I get, I get a lot of my news from your late night talk show guys Trevor Noah <laughs> and Stephen Colbert and, um, and I used to watch a lot of the Governor Cuomo highlights on his daily press conferences but I haven't been doing that lately and then I'll just for a, a good laugh or cry I'll check out some of the White House conferences but um, mm. yeah I go through waves of getting interested and then disillusioned and ignoring it yeah i think that's the same for us yeah like yeah. we were we were paying attention a lot in the beginning and then it gets overwhelming and then one day you need will decide strong enough and he goes down the hole the rabbit hole and he comes out with too much information yeah. <laughs> and then we shoot an episode like yesterday yeah. which is all like <laughs> we're all gonna die so i'm an, i'm normally uh, a germaphobe on normal days so if I'm on a subway, I will sort of ride it like a surfboard. I won't grab the subway poles. Um, <laughs> and now, uh, yeah, that's, <laughs> I'm like so aware of everything I touch. And, uh, yeah. but, but I always was before, but now, yeah, any groceries I bring in or whatever, I'm now sort of got that OCD thing going on. What do you do with it? Do you dis disinfect everything when it comes in? Uh, we were doing that for the first month of groceries and now we just haven't been i think we've so. <laughs> 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 yeah, exactly the uh the fears are subsiding 
Well, that's good, at least. Yeah. As, as long as you, nobody gets sick. <laughs> yeah. Wow. We, yeah, go we, ahead. I was just going to say, we have, like, a rotating... So we do wipe stuff down and we wash what we can, but then we also just have a, I'm too tired and it all goes out. We have two balconies and one of them has just turned into an Amazon and grocery store. Yeah. And I like if our neighbor, our neighbors must think we're hoarders, but it has to sit out there for so many days so that we don't have to wash yeah, it. Yeah, you leave it out there for oh, like right. seven yeah. days, <laughs> then, uh, then it's good. That's but then good. sometimes we forget and there's like a bag of carrots that's oh, been sitting out there a yeah. week. <laughs> but uh, it's definitely clean now. <laughs> A little bit rotten, but it's clean. Yeah, we have a we have and a so dumping what... table here in the front door. You know, keys, phone. Oh, my phone. My phone. I've been like, I think it's probably going to corrode soon. I've been putting lots of disinfectant and weird soaps on it. Yeah, I'm surprised you guys can find um, disinfectant because here, pretty slim pickings. If you call the right places, and sometimes you can. We got a. Um, a jar of what's it called? Uh, the Lysol wipes. Lysol wipes, like a couple weeks ago, and that was a big day. Yeah. Um, <laughs> what is it the same there? Or you just have yeah, to kind yeah. Of... We had the Lysol and ran out, and now I just it's like dish soap and hand sanitizer on my phone and other places. Yeah, I know you need. So I bought a bottle of bleach years ago. I still have the same bottle of bleach. Content things and you need was having a day and now we have three bottles of bleach <laughs> I'm like what are we gonna do well with they were they bleach? were two for one i just wanted one bottle but i was like all right uh it's because they were even that they were saying there's a shortage of and i was like well can't i mean it doesn't, go bad, it doesn't I go bad it doesn't cost much you might as well have it and if we have to murder someone then yeah we've got it oh yeah and good, good thing Brilliant. We 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 can make bleach wipes now and bleach ourselves. <laughs> That's super healthy. Super healthy. Um, so we were talking yesterday about like so BC. I don't know if you heard, but BC yesterday started or announced a four phase plan to ease restrictions. Um, basically, the first round is just a bunch of uh, businesses like uh, chiropractor, brush therapist, elective surgery, dentist, dentist, some um, bars and restaurants who can submit a plan, you know, keep things safe. And we were discussing at what point, um, once the government says, okay, you can go out, just they say do that 60%. So if, if the New York government tomorrow says that, how, how early are you going out in the process? Me, I, I would go out early because I've I've been out, um, I've been in homes occasionally, so I uh, I'm ready to get back out there. You're our first. Yeah, oh, really? everybody else is like, oh, I'm waiting. <laughs> I'm waiting. But yeah, I don't. No, I mean, I, as long as I keep my six feet and just be aware of what my hands have touched, I think I'm gonna be able to to keep anything from you know spreading them pretty conscious of what i'm touching so yeah i'm definitely out in the world as soon as i can be when did you i think we haven't been in lockdown as long as you either like when did you guys go into lockdown i want to say end of march although oh. everything is fuzzy so i might be wrong oh okay so no, it was the guys, same time I, yeah wasn't there wasn't it new york that like was a little bit slow and people after the fact, we're kind of freaking out at how slow they were. Was that not New York? 
Yes, that was in New York. (laughs) Oh, okay. Yeah, because we were, we were, I feel like now, like, especially with how much it hasn't spread compared to other places, we were early because we were like March 16th, between March 14th and 16th, we were basically everything started shutting down. Yes. So, yeah. yeah, and BC's one been one of the best places. I mean, we've only had like twenty five hundred infections and like a hundred something deaths. Yeah, wasn't there some rough stuff in Lynn in Lynn Valley right at towards the beginning? So I don't know. I, I don't I, know. There's like there's been like little outbreaks like seniors' homes, and we've had a few like meat packing plants and things like that. So I just looked it up. It was on my because of the film I was going to shoot short film uh, March 23rd was the day that uh, the shutdown started here mm. oh wow oh so you you want out and you've just been inside as long as us <laughs> I thought you've oh, been yeah. in so much longer yeah so you think your uh, history as a germaphobe you think that makes it in some ways easier to get out because you're kind of used to having to deal with with that stress and you're I don't know I guess more aware yeah, probably, but my germaphobe issues are completely illogical. I have problem touching a subway pole, which is stainless steel, but I'll touch almost anything else. So it, there's no rhyme or reason to it, as okay. it's pointed not, out to me. It's not everything. It's just a no, few things. It's a few random things that I've decided I don't want to touch, even though <laughs> it, it makes absolutely no sense. You're not the uh, a glove kind of kind no. of person. No. 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 <laughs> I think I've just maybe seen one too many person sneeze or pick their nose in the subway. Uh, that's oh. the big thing for me. Other things, yeah. So it's uh, it's irrational. Yeah, I don't blame you. I mean, we have the SkyTrain here as well. And like catching it during rush hour, I'm always like, should I breathe? I don't really want to breathe. Like you're just close to everyone. And yeah. that, was, that was pre-COVID. Like I already didn't want to breathe when I was on it. Right. Yeah. Yep. And so what do you think, what, what's your, I mean, none of us know, but what's your gut feel? What do you think from your analysis of humanity? What do you think we got going on here coming up? Oh, geez. Okay. I got to put on my science hat. I mean, I, I think that there will be a vaccine and only at that point will things normalize. And that's going to be another year from now. So I think the people, the world will open up again, or at least New York will open up again. There'll be other waves coming. Um, people will get sick, but other people get used to it and just decide it's part of the new normal. But I think, uh, I think optimistically a vaccine in a year will, will bring back normality. That's my, that's my prediction. And so you think, I know that, go ahead. Well, I, that's my, I, if we talk to Ailey Dalgan, he's a real scientist and he'd have something much different to say, I'm sure. Have you spoken to him? Do you know what his faith is? No, I, I've spoken to him, but not about that. You should okay. get him on. I mean, he would have uh, heaps to say. Definitely. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. Well, so you, uh, you're, so assuming you're right, it's like a year to vaccine. You're just going to go live your life and just kind of hope for the best and just be, be conscious enough um with the stuff they've told us is that what you're saying yeah exactly and um i'll be okay with a quieter year if that's what it is um 
you know, without traveling much, um, I'll, I'll get by. And are you on your, and your fiance on the same wave, wavelength when it comes to all that? Um, she's probably, well, she's a writer and so she'll also get by just minimizing her, her trips and travels out outside because it gives her time to focus on, you know, focus inward. So, and she despises the subway and that she's not unique in that way. Most people do. So <laughs> she's been mm-hmm. all right without having to take that journey to work. Yeah, it's very, it, it's interesting. I think. I don't know, maybe the men. Yeah, we haven't had as many people ready to go out in the first wave. I think I'm the closest, (laughs) the closest to that, that person. Unfortunately, I hope I'm not going to get shamed for going out in in an early wave. No, uh, Michelle Michelle wants to join you, but I'm keeping her her hostage. (laughs) No, he's not keeping me hostage. It's just, I know it would just create anxiety and tension for everyone if I did but there is a part of me that just wants to get out there really bad (laughs) yeah well I guess yeah because I have been in a couple homes and I'm already a little used to it yeah Mm -hmm. so what's your um since you're you've always been a positive guy you've inspired me many times and motivated me What's your, um, do you have a message to the world or any kind of parting thoughts or any positivity to spread? Yeah, take, I mean, use this time to tackle all the, the, the creative things that you haven't been able to do because you're busy with work and errands and, well, bills. I mean, the bills haven't gone away, but this is a, actually a, as terrible as it is for so many people. For others, it's a good opportunity to finally tackle those uh, those little projects and dreams you've had simmering in the back of your mind for so long. Mm-hmm. Yeah, These are, of course, the people who aren't, you know, on the front lines and in the trenches, but those who are able to do that. Yeah. yeah. Right. And what better place to do that than New York? <laughs> yeah. Although uh, the art scene here is all, I mean, any social scene here is all about going out spending money, drinks, dinners, events. So that has taken a toll on the artist community here. This has. Do you, yeah. think, do you think that'll change long-term because of this? Or are people finding new ways that you think will stick? Well, I mean, in the movie industry, for example, there's these big studios are now talking about future films not having extras. You know, anyone who's written a big grand film with big scenes and lots of extras might have to either CGI it or just completely rewrite it. So um, that, yeah, that's going to be a huge change potentially. And all these studios will, once they start to reopen, they're going to have to have extremely strict and very expensive guidelines in place. So, you know, if an actor is coming across the border, they're going to have to, the studio will have to put the money up for two weeks to quarantine. And then another two weeks before, after the film is done, before they can go home, that's four months, Mm -hmm. sorry, four weeks of extra money that they wouldn't have spent otherwise. So yeah, it's going to be all those extra costs to make sets safer are going to mean that the projects themselves probably have to get smaller. Right. Right. Oh yeah, I guess. Cause then they'd also like, because after insurance, I think they'd have to make sure no one got sick. Right. Right. Holy. Yeah. I wonder if that's going to lead to more kind of isolationism on a, on a bigger scale where you just kind of, 
get people Americans only make American movies sort of thing, at least for a while. Totally. Yeah. Uh, Minimize travel, even, you know, even things like craft services on your lunch break, the whole cast and crew will sit in one room and eat buffet style. That's enough to be staggered. It just complicates that industry as it does every industry, but that industry a lot. Yeah. Yeah, it's really interesting when you like, I, I only think about my job or like jobs of the people that are close to me. And I, you know, it's, yeah, it's, I didn't even think about that part of the industry and how like when we all do go back and we start working again. I mean, I think for a lot of people, social distancing is still going to be part of their work. So yeah, if you don't have just a work from home job, what really changes things? Yeah, totally. How long until you're sitting in a restaurant? <sighs> I want to say uh, I'm going to hope for August. I'm not so sure it'll happen before then, though. Oh, but you would go to a restaurant, like, basically whenever you can. Oh, Mm, you know what? That's a good question. I mean, I'm ordering delivery, and somebody's handled that food and touched it, and I'm eating that. So I think we were that... just talking about it on yesterday's <laughs> podcast that like we haven't ordered any food and we usually do a ton of takeout. And we were like, yeah, I don't know. Are we being too extreme? Has anybody gotten sick from J.Cow? I need some stats on this. Yeah, we're yeah. stats. Um, we were cooking every night, which we never have done that consistently until recently. Got lazy, started ordering. So now the takeout is back. And uh, yeah, I, so, so, far, so, so it's not. Not all that different from going out to a restaurant. I guess it is a little bit, but somebody's handling your food uh, either way. I mean, here they're like, I know it's different, but like I have um, friends online who have a restaurant and then like just around town, like when we've um, gone out downtown and places that have patios are just staggering their tables. So there's enough space in between. And I'm assuming they would do the same inside or they're just having it so that you just pick up from the front. So yeah, I think it can happen. I think you could end up going to a restaurant here and it would be the same as takeout. Someone's handling your food, but I wonder how they get it to your table. Like, is there a table in the middle where they're like, I'll put it here and you come pick it up? They probably yeah. just come and drop it off. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It'd be interesting. I don't know. I'm going taking this too far. Definitely not eating the, uh, the mixed nuts at the bar anymore. Not that, <laughs> I, did, not that I did that before, but. Never, ever. Yeah, the bars will be interesting, too, because that's that's in the first wave here, the first phase, um, as long as they can, I guess, put in some kind of guidelines. But um, it'll be interesting to see how busy they are and whether people are willing to go and kind of chance it um, and how long before they. I mean, I feel like if people go out and chance it for the first little bit and everything's okay, then it's going to really create like everybody will be like, okay, it's done Mm -hmm. and go out. And then who knows if we're going to get another wave or not. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> that was my <laughs> frustrated sigh. You just took me out of the podcast and into real life issues for a minute. So, uh. Right. Yeah. It's, uh, it can be depressing, but it's yeah. also interesting just from a, I don't know, a theoret- theoretical perspective of like, for me, a lot of risk management in my career in different formats. And this just feels like another risk management problem. Um, yeah. The data is, is a lot harder to pin down. You don't really know what the value of each data point actually is, because it's still so early. Yeah. And, and um, 
I, so, I mean, New York is the hot spot. Um, but I don't think my personal experience is all that different from people in Vancouver. Um, yeah. So even though this is considered one, you know, the hot spot and one of the worst spots to live, if you want to avoid getting the virus. It's, I, I bet it's more on the, like, you'd probably notice it more if you worked in healthcare. Like, I'm sure that's, oh, where, they, yes, that's where they really of, feel it. Of course. Obviously. Yeah. yeah, definitely. Because, yeah. yeah, I think it's like it's the same here. If you stay home and you don't go out, you're not really experiencing anything. Like, you're just at home not going out. It's the same experience we're having. So, yeah. Yeah. It's, I think it's if you were out, that's where you'd probably notice the well, difference. Yeah, and, and <clears throat> the hotspots are, are where they're generally struggling with the health system. I mean, that's the whole, that's what kind of BC keeps saying is that the whole goal is to not to overwhelm the hospitals. It's not necessarily to keep everybody safe. It's just to not overwhelm healthcare. Because then you get in a whole bunch of secondary problems off that. Yeah. One, yeah. One, one thing I do like every night at seven is uh, all the pots and pans and horns and honks. Right. Uh, that quite, that's a nice routine that I, I like listening to every night. Yeah, you were wondering. I was wondering if you were here. It just happened here what half an hour ago. If you go, oh half, yeah, oh no, yeah. I, I I didn't hear it. If you listen to this back, uh, thirty-one minutes ago, you might be able to pick up little bits of it in the background. Oh, nice. <laughs> Have you been participating? Are you getting out there? Yeah, um, I've been out twice at seven, so I made a lot of noise then. Um, so no, my ears have been participating. Other than that. What what's it, what was it like being out? Could, could you see just like a ton of people up above? Um, so once I was at seven at the park and the overcrowded park, that was actually quite nice just in terms of the uh, the long applause that was going on. That yeah. that was that was a nice communal sort of nod to the people who are really working hard. Um, and the other time I was walking home and I heard all the apartments above making the noise and it felt like it was it was for me as i was entering my <laughs> my apartment they're all cheering what well, you've always <laughs> wanted yeah exactly <laughs> welcome home <laughs> our um our dog so we live downtown so it's louder here and our dog was getting so scared she'd hide under the desk and shake probably for 20 minutes after and so we started now instead every time it happens we feed her or give her treats and our son got really got into it. So as soon as it happens, he's always like, bam, bam, come on. And she's just chilling. Like she just sat here, no problem. So we just had to. We went all Pavlov yeah. on her. Yeah. Clearly you don't have a, a, a vicious guard dog. No. A tiny little Yorkie. <laughs> <The> Yorkie. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, Jono, uh, I know uh, this is a, this was a late day for you, a long day. So thank you so much for coming on the podcast. As I said in the opening, you are truly one of my favorite people in the world. And I can't wait for this to be over. And uh, one day, one of us being able to make the trip to the other and get to hang out again. Yeah, oh, that was a nice send off. That, uh, <laughs> that was great. Thanks for uh, inviting me on. Yeah, okay, thanks. Okay, and, have, a, oh, yeah. <laughs> have a good night. I know it was late for you and you were tired i'm sorry <laughs> yeah come back anytime would love to have you again great okay best wishes talk bye. soon okay bye here we go here you don't go <laughs>